Hello there, everyone. My name's Andrew. And I'm Cassie. And this is the Culips English Podcast. Hello there, friends. Welcome back to Culips. You're listening to Simplified Speech, the Culips series, which features clear, natural, and easy to understand English conversations about interesting topics. I am joined today by my co host, Cassie. Hello, Cassie. Hey, Andrew. And hey, everyone. Hope you're all doing well. Cassie, what's the plan for today? What are we going to talk about? We're talking about a pretty cool topic today. We're talking about facial expressions and what our facial expressions communicate to others around us. If you could see my face right now, you would notice that I'm smiling from ear to ear because I'm excited about this topic. So I think this will make for a really thought provoking conversation. But before we get into it, Cassie, let's remind our listeners about the study guide and transcript for this episode before we forget. Okay, guys. So there is a study guide and transcript that we made that accompanies this episode. And it's designed to help you build your English skills and reach your English learning goals faster. So to become a Culips member and get unlimited access to all of our study guides, plus some pretty great bonuses like invitations to our monthly live streams, you can visit culips.com and sign up. Before we start this episode, we also want to give a shout out to one of our listeners from Spain with the username Ava. I think I'm saying that correctly, Cassie. The spelling is A-H-V-A, Ava. So Ava left us a great review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And Ava wrote, I've been listening to your podcast for almost a year from Spain, and I want to thank you about how much my listening is improving with you guys. I like the subjects that you speak about and the idioms and expressions that you use. Every week, I'm waiting for the new episode. Keep going. Well, cheers, Ava. Thank you so much for those kind words and the encouragement. It's great to hear that you're learning a lot with Culips, and congrats on your one-year milestone. Cassie, it's kind of our one-year anniversary with Ava, so to speak. That's amazing. Yeah, Ava, thanks so much for the great review. And thanks to everyone who's been supporting us with reviews and comments lately. We really do appreciate it. Okay, Cassie, let's get down to business and jump into our topic for today, which is all about facial expressions. Now, facial expressions are a kind of body language or nonverbal communication, right? They pass along so many messages to other people about how we feel or what we think. And in fact, in English, we have an idiomatic expression, which is to be written all over your face, to be written all over your face. And this means that your emotions are clearly displayed on your face. So, for example, if you feel angry inside and your face looks angry on the outside, it's really obvious that you're angry, then your emotions are written all over your face. You can tell just by looking at your face. Same goes with other emotions, right? If you're sad, it's really obvious that you're sad, then we could say it's written all over your face. And I'm curious about you, 
Cassie. Are you good at controlling your emotions or are they written all over your face when you feel emotional in one way or the other? Yes, I am not good at controlling my emotions. Everybody can clearly see if I am happy or ticked off, which means irritated at something or bored or any such emotion that you can show through your face. <laughs> Yeah, Cassie, I, I'm curious about your perspective, because mm -hmm. when we hang out, you can obviously see my face, but I can't, right? I can't see my face when I'm talking. So what is your opinion of me from an outsider's perspective? Do you think my emotions are written all over my face or am I kind of stoic and not too expressive emotionally? I don't know how you are in like a private situation, but you and I are both teachers and I feel like teachers are pretty expressive emotionally because we want to engage our students and even on QLips, even though we're speaking over the podcast, we want to engage our audience. So I think you and I both tend to show our emotions on our face. It's written all over our face. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that assessment. I think uh, it's very obvious to people <laughs> looking at my face. If I feel happy, it's clear that I'm happy. If I feel worried or stressed out, it's clear that I feel worried or stressed out. And these days I have a new thing that is a tell about my emotional condition. And that mm -hmm. is as I get older, I have this like vein in my forehead. And if I get angry, it kind of gets bigger. And it's like, as my heart starts to race or my heartbeat goes up, then that vein kind of like comes out and it's kind of clear. So I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. I have this like old man vein in my forehead. <laughs> Hilarious. Do your students or your wife ever notice that and go, whoop, gotta be careful around Andrew. <laughs> No, but I think like it is something that I have to be careful about in the classroom because mm -hmm. sometimes students do little things that just make me angry and I'm really careful to not get angry in the classroom and to not mm -hmm. even show that I'm angry even if I feel angry. So you were saying as teachers, we're really expressive and that's true, but I I'm happy to express my positive emotions. But if I mm -hmm. feel really angry because sometimes students you know they're not listening or talking that drives me crazy when i'm trying to teach and maybe some students are in the back of the classroom talking and i don't care if they don't want to pay attention or don't want to learn that's their own choice but when mm -hmm. they affect the other students who do want to learn because they're talking during the lesson that drives me crazy and i think that's when my vein <laughs> will start to come out. I'm just kind of seething on the inside, boiling on the inside a little bit. But no, nobody has mentioned it. Nobody has said, Andrew, you look so angry right now. I haven't had that comment. <laughs> the vein is popping. <laughs> Cassie, I'm curious. We're kind of talking about faking emotion or controlling emotion, right? So I said mm -hmm. that I want to try and control negative emotion and not let my students or people around me know if I feel upset or if I feel angry. And I think this is probably natural, right? People like 
generally like showing their positive emotion, but maybe these negative emotions are ones that we would want to keep private if possible. I'm curious, are you good at faking your emotions? Are you good at maybe, for example, laughing at jokes that aren't funny <laughs> or or hiding, you know, if you feel stressed out or, or worried or something? I'm not very good at hiding my annoyance at something, which I wish I was better at because, you know, you want to keep the peace as much as possible when dealing with other people. So if something really annoys me, I tend to just walk away from it because I don't want to, you know, cause issues between me and another person. But I, I am pretty good at faking happy if I need to. If I'm, you know, just not feeling it someday, but, you know, I, I got to be there for my students or my friends or my family, then I put on a happy face and try my best to get through a situation, which I think is a good trait to have as long as you're not doing it too often. I think that I am really good at faking laughing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, it's just a skill that I've developed over the years. And when people say something, especially during small talk conversations, if it's not too funny, I can kind of just try and make, I, I put myself in the mindset of trying to make the best out of every situation. So maybe even if it isn't really funny or the person that I'm talking to isn't really fascinating or interesting, just try to find some common ground and, and find something to laugh about and uh, just be positive. So I, I think I'm pretty good about that. But I find it difficult to fake concern. So the emotion mm. of like caring about other people's problems, especially if they're not really important problems, mm -hmm. I can find that difficult. I don't think I'm very good at acting that way. And maybe on my face too, I'm not very good at expressing concern or care for other people. So what you're saying is you wouldn't be a good therapist or psychiatrist. Maybe. Maybe I'd be one of those psychiatrists that's just like, mm-hmm, tell me more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe I'd be really good at that. I don't know. But yeah, I feel like most emotions I'm pretty good at faking if I need to or mm -hmm. controlling. But maybe concern mm -hmm. is one that I need to practice more. Andrew, do you know Jimmy Fallon? Yeah, of course, the talk show host, late night TV talk show host. Exactly. He is kind of famous for faking laughter and emotions. I love Jimmy Fallon, but okay. every time I watch his YouTube videos, all the comments are like, oh my gosh, his laugh is so fake. Why is he over-exaggerating everything he does? I like it. It makes the guest speakers and celebrities feel more comfortable and it raises the mood of the audience but it is pretty over the top that's hilarious cassie because i just recently watched a video with the comedian fred armison on mm -hmm. the jimmy fallon show and in that video clip fred armison was doing a kind of musical performance where he went through the history of punk music and played a little sample of what punk music sounds like from mm -hmm. decade to decade to decade and it was kind of cool but jimmy fallon was so over the top with his reactions and jumping in and singing being very over the top and when i looked at the comments they were exactly like 
<laughs> you just said like everybody was like oh jimmy shut up stop laughing stop getting in and cutting in it just ruined the performance but i think you're right like i think probably from the guest's perspective it makes them less nervous when they're on the mm -hmm. show it makes them feel like somebody at least is really interested in what they're saying and probably yeah. puts them at ease and so from the guest's point of view it's probably nice like everybody likes it when you have somebody listening to your every word engaged in what you're saying and and laughing at your jokes i think right exactly oh, i should ignore you right there to prove the point <laughs> <laughs> cassie this is maybe a little bit of a rude expression but mm -hmm. it's very relevant to this conversation so i thought we could talk about it and we have this expression in english that i first heard about maybe about 10 years ago it just sort of popped out of nowhere and became really popular all of the sudden and it is rbf rbf that is the polite way to say it the rbf the rude or original way to say it is resting bitch face resting bitch face <laughs> So resting, of course, means relaxed, right? And in this context, uh, we have the curse word in English, bitch. And it is usually used as a kind of derogatory word to refer to women who are grumpy, I guess. Mm. Would that be a good way to say it, Cassie? Women who are grumpy? Yeah, women who don't care what you think about them or just like, I only care about myself. Mm -hmm. Okay. And face is their face. Okay. So resting bitch face. Now, this phenomenon is used to describe women and also men, but I think originally women who have a face that looks grumpy when they are just relaxed. So it doesn't mean they're in a grumpy mood or in a bad mood. However, their natural face <laughs> appearance looks grumpy even when they're not, even when they're relaxed. So Cassie, I'm sure you've heard of this expression before, right? Definitely. Definitely. Has it ever been a problem for you or, or anyone you know? Mm, not me, but my youngest sister definitely has been told that she has RBF. <laughs> so... How has that affected her? She is not really anymore, but when she was younger, she was a little shy, but not in that like sweet way. Uh, she was really into like emo or punk rock music, and she really liked Hot Topic. Mm. I don't know if you have that in Canada, but for listeners who may not know, it's a uh, clothing brand and it's a style of clothing that's like black with a lot of metal spikes and neon colors and it looks very edgy kind of scary for edgy teens yeah so even though my sister was shy because she wore this kind of edgy clothing and listened to this edgy kind of scary music everybody just said ah she has resting bitch face mm. when really she just didn't smile much because she was nervous. I see. Yeah. So this is why this condition is really unfair, I think, mm. right? Like 
I personally don't think I have RBF and I've never been told that I have, but if I did, I think that would be a really unfair characterization of me. And I really don't like it when people use this expression to describe other people because something that you can't control at all, right? Like if your mm-hmm. face is just relaxed and you're not in a bad mood for somebody to prejudge you and just assume that you're a grumpy person or you're in a bad mood just by the way that your face is relaxing, I think is just not very fair and pretty mean. Totally agree. Cassie, I've got one final question for you about this topic, which I think is really interesting and we could probably go on for hours, but I'll cut it down to just one more question, okay? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And... I think you and I are in a good position to answer this question because we both live in cultures that are very different from our own culture. So we're living abroad in foreign countries that have a culture that's very different from the North American culture that we grew up in. So I'm wondering here, do you think people from different cultures express or read facial emotions differently? Do you think there's some cultural differences at play or is it universal? What do you think? 100%. Yes, I think culture plays a big part in how you read facial expressions. The biggest thing I can think of is in work culture situations, especially in Asian countries. It's all about saving face, not making yourself look bad or your boss look bad or your colleagues look bad. So even if you don't agree with something said, or even if you want to express emotions, I think people are more reluctant to show their true emotions here in Asia than they might be in Western countries. You know, we were talking earlier about faking laughter and (laughs) faking... (laughs) Faking positive reactions and emotions, Mm -hmm. I think from my experience in Korea, people will be very friendly to like a boss to their face. And then as soon Mm -hmm. as the boss leaves, they're like, oh my God, that guy, he drives me crazy. (laughs) But you were just laughing and smiling with him a minute ago. Oh no, he drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not to say that that doesn't exist in North America too. People are, you know... Uh, We suck up to the boss often to make a good impression. But I do think it's a little bit stronger maybe here in Asia. I think you're right about that, Cassie. I know personally that over the last few years during the COVID pandemic, when we're wearing masks, Mm -hmm. I find it a little bit difficult to judge people's emotions just by only Mm -hmm. seeing their eyes. And I found communicating to be really difficult during COVID because First of all, speaking while wearing a mask is tough because you have to speak at a louder volume that's comfortable. Uh, I can't see my conversation partner's mouth. So I I learned that actually when I'm speaking in Korean, I rely on looking at people's mouths and hearing their words at the same time to help me Mm -hmm. understand a message. So when that was taken away, that, that was difficult. And also just only looking at people's eyes. Uh, I couldn't really see their full facial expressions. And yeah, so I found that it was difficult during COVID to communicate because of masking. Yeah, I felt the same way. I also felt like for myself, I had to over-exaggerate my 
what would you even call that eye expressions mm-hmm. yeah. because i couldn't use the rest of my face <laughs> totally totally i noticed you know now here in korea we don't have to wear masks outside for a long time we had to wear masks outside that has been removed so now communicating outside is you know back to normal but still inside we have to wear a mask and i noticed when i communicate with my students at the university i'm really expressive with my eyes because they can't see me smiling they can't see my mouth because it's behind a mask so mm-hmm. like i'm really smiling with my eyes making my uh eyebrows go up really high when i'm happy and being extra expressive so i don't know this will either be good for my skin in 10 years like maybe i'm working out all of the muscles in my forehead and i won't have any wrinkles in the future or it will be the opposite and i'll have lots of wrinkles because i've loosened up the muscles too much or something i'm not sure pretty pretty sure it's the second one unfortunately (laughs) darn darn Anyways, everyone, I think we'll leave it at here for this episode. So thanks for listening and congratulations on getting in your daily dose of English listening practice with us today. But now we want to turn things over to you. We want to hear your opinion. And you can do that by leaving a comment on our website. Please let us know what you think about facial expressions and the power they have to communicate. We can't wait to learn about what you have to say. If you like Qlips, please support us so we can keep making free English lessons each and every week. The best way to support us is by becoming a Qlips member. To learn all the details and to sign up, visit our website, qlips.com. You can also support us by following us on Instagram or YouTube, telling your friends who are learning English to check Qlips out, or by leaving us a five-star rating and a positive review on your favorite podcast app. We'll be back soon with another new episode. We'll talk to you then. Take care. Bye. See ya.